Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 372. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. This week's episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now, for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. This week's episode of Therapy Chat is sponsored by Trauma Therapist Network. Because trauma is real, healing is possible, and help is available. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and oh, I cannot wait to share this week's episode with you. I've got a lot to tell you about before we get into it, but this conversation went deep and heartfelt and I was not expecting it, but I went with it and it was beautiful. I just loved talking with Casey Compton. So you'll hear in our conversation a little bit about how we met and my first impression of her She didn't share her impression of me if she even had one, I don't think. (laughs) But she really surprised me. And that's because she has undergone a great transformation since I first met her only less than, well, less than four years ago. It was summer of 2019. And I've changed a lot too. But Casey had so many things to share that really blew my mind and opened my heart and touch me on a soul level. I was just listening back to the interview before recording this introduction for you. And um, I, I was like, I had tears in my eyes. It was, it was so deep. And we were talking about what drives entrepreneurs and what entrepreneurs need to do in order to really have true, sustainable success. This is not one to miss. I was blown away and I hope you will enjoy it too. So before we get into it, I want to tell you 
where I am now is I'm in Cancun, which is kind of unbelievable. I've never been to Mexico. It's my first time. And I'm here attending a training with Dr. Ariel Schwartz. I am such an admirer of her and her work. Oh, my goodness. This so far, this week long training has been really wonderful. And I cannot wait to bring back all these new learnings that I have gained and share them with my team at my group practice and share them with the the Trauma Therapist Network members because our next meeting is March 8th and it's our self-care call. And some of the practices that Ariel is teaching us in this training for not just self-care, not just self-regulation, not just grounding. It's all of that and self-connection, self-love, burnout prevention. And that's not even really the focus of the training, but she's adding these things in and they are methods that we can use with clients and ourselves. And we're using them during the day. Each day I've already had some kind of a profound awareness or shift that's happened. And today's only day two. And it's only the training's only a few hours long. And then we spend the rest of the day relaxing or recording podcast material if you're me. So, but I'm doing it while relaxing and I'm going to be relaxing when I finish too. And I'm really lucky to be here and grateful. And I want to say thank you to Leaning Edge Cancun for providing this training. Everybody in the audience is just loving it. And I'm just really honored to be able to do this. I was also very, very honored to be able to have lunch with Ariel, which was like one of those moments where you're sitting with someone who you just look up to so much, but you don't want to put them on a pedestal and just feeling so grateful to be able to be in their presence. She has such a, I told her, she has such a grounded presence. It feels like being at Stonehenge. Not that I've ever been there, but I just think of her as like solid to the core in how, how, I don't know what else to say besides grounded, but it's her presence. There's an energy that you feel accepted, safe, and she's not holding power over. It's just really amazing because she's a very super successful, talented, unbelievably prolific writer, trainer, yoga teacher. She's been offering Vegas Nerve Yoga, which you can get for free on YouTube. And if you have not checked that out, oh my goodness, it's unique. And she's working with Dr. Stephen Porges with the Safe and Sound Protocol and Polyvagal Theory. She's doing so much. And I just, I got to have lunch with her and talk with her. And she didn't act like any different from any other colleague. It's just, that's a level of grounding in itself because, you know, when we feel, I've experienced this a lot. I get really uncomfortable when people give me more attention than I'm expecting or accustomed to for being the host of Therapy Chat. And so I might not be able to always receive it as well as I would like to and remain as relational as I want to be. So if you've ever come up to me and I didn't act that relational, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I will. I would like to do better and I'm working on it because we are all trying to do something that is so important and there are so many negative things going on out in the world. And if you're trying to make a difference in some positive way, I see you and I thank you. Please don't give up. Your efforts are worth it. 
you need a break, take it. And that's one of the things we talked about, Casey and I talked about in this week's episode, taking a break when you need it, whether it's a sabbatical, whether it's acknowledging that this is not the season for you to be working directly with clients as I had to do last, starting last summer. This episode is all about knowing yourself and being true to who you are. And that's what I'm getting more reinforcement with in this training with Ariel today. And so if you've ever thought about taking one of her trainings or buying one of her books, please do. You will love it. And now that's about Dr. Ariel Schwartz, but also Casey Compton has a new book that's out. And she talked about how this process of writing this book is what kind of broke open this new opportunity for a fuller expression of Casey to be seen, to be available. And it's in her book when she writes about Fix This Next for Healthcare, a book she wrote together with Mike Michalowicz. The full name is Fix This Next for Healthcare Providers. Your business is like a patient. You just have to treat it that way. So I admire these women and all of you, regardless of gender, who are really doing that inner work because I don't think that going through life sleepwalking is going to cut it anymore. I mean, things in our our world are really off kilter and it's going to take people who are, (laughs) you can hear me patting on my chest, people who are really leading from the heart to bring us back from this violent and destructive path that we're on as a species. So that wasn't a very positive thing to say, but I'm actually thinking of it in a positive way because I feel that there is a movement of people who are going in that direction, even though the angry, violent, hateful, hurtful, ruthless voices are the loudest and get the most attention. There are many more people, I believe, who are really trying to lead from love, connection, nonviolence, kindness, humanity. And that's that's what I want to be part of. So whatever it takes to be able to do more of that, I'm going to keep doing it. And I hope you will too. So uh, last thing I want to tell you before we get into my conversation with Casey Compton is that today's February 28th. So next Monday, March 6th, 2023, is when I'll open registration, early access to registration for Trauma Therapist Network to the people who are on the waiting list. And if you're on the waiting list, you can get early access to registration, which will be from March 6th through the 19th. And you'll also get a special discount offer. Once you join, you're locked in at the price that you join at, as long as you keep your membership. So if you're considering joining Trauma Therapist Network, This would be the best time to do it. If you get on the waiting list now and sign up when you get that registration link that will be sent out starting March 6th, 2023, you'll be getting the best price that this is going to be offered at, at least this go round. I don't plan on reducing it at all this year. So we've raised prices for 2023, but you can get the best pricing if you join the waiting list and register when it goes live on March 6th through the 19th. On the 20th, I'll open up registration to everyone. It'll be at a slightly higher price, but you're still welcome to join then if that's what you'd like to do. And I'll be happy to have you either way. And just so you know, what we're doing there in Trauma Therapist Network is the same kind of thing. We're supporting one another. We're exploring our inner worlds. We're exploring what is coming up for us in our work with clients. 
what's standing in the way from within us of us being able to have effective treatment outcomes with our clients. We do case consultation, Q&As, self-care and training workshops. And we are starting a book club too. That has not started yet. So I won't announce the first date of the book club until after this next registration period opens. So giving anybody who joins in March a chance to join us in the in the book club too. So if you do join Trauma Therapist Network in the first week of March, you know, between March 6th and 7th, basically, you can be at our first self-care call on the 8th. But if you don't get there in time, everything's recorded. And if you join at the inner circle or all access level, you can access the recordings. But if you join at the all access level, you get to attend the live calls too. And they are so fun. So I hope you will consider joining Trauma Therapist Network if this is something that you need. If you need a sense of community and support, you want to grow your skills in a place where it's safe to ask questions and make mistakes and not be perfect, but where you're supported to grow with compassion and kindness, encouragement, collaboration, then Trauma Therapist Network is the place for you. So there's a link in the show notes to join the waiting list. And I hope that you will if it's the right thing for you. So now, thank you for listening to that all. And I will go ahead and dive right into my conversation with Casey Compton. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today I'm very honored to be speaking with Casey Compton. Casey, thank you so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited to learn from you. I know that you are a very accomplished person and have much to teach. And today we're going to talk about the inner work of self-love and how that kind of affects all of the aspects of our lives. So before we get into that, let's start off by you telling our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, thanks for having me. Like you said, my name is Casey and I am an entrepreneur, author. My background is in mental health. So I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. And when I was practicing, I would specialize in anxiety and panic disorders. Haven't actually seen a client, I don't know, since probably 2017, if I had to guess. It's been a, it's been a while. It's been a while. So most of my clinical stuff now comes from owning a group practice where I have, I don't know, we have anywhere between 50 to 75 therapists or clinical providers at, at all times. Like I said, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a group practice. I started writing books back in 2019, published the first one, which was Fix the Snacks for Healthcare Providers, working on my second one, which gets turned into the editor in December. Uh, so that one's going to be fun. Yeah, it's it's kind of certain that it's just stressing me out a little bit, stressing me out. I've got a deadline and I have a ton of kids and a couple dogs. I really enjoy traveling. I love, well, actually that's not true. I don't like to travel, but I like to be other places. So, you know, you kind of have to travel to get to the other places, but I just very impatient. I love being at the beach, house on Tripp Island in South Carolina, and I love it there. It's one of my favorite places in the world. And yeah, that's, that's the gist of it. Yeah. And when I met you, the first time, very briefly at the Group Practice Owners Summit, you were pregnant with your fifth, I think. 
child. That one was that was actually my third. It just no. probably it probably looked like my fifth. It was, I think it was someone a, just said she has like five kids, so I assume yeah, that was your yeah. fifth. Yeah, they they I'm sure they did. No, that was that was actually the third, and that was my little boy. And I was very, very pregnant, yeah. so pregnant that the midwife I was seeing was like, this is not a good idea. You should not be traveling to Chicago to do this. And we were all we were all giving ourselves pep talks in the vehicle, like who's going to who's going to deliver this baby in the car? <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it seemed it, was it seemed imminent. But yes, we yeah. were all very impressed. I was very <laughs> impressed at your being such a powerhouse to show up there and do that under such conditions. Cause I know when I was at that stage of pregnancy, I was just like wanting to sit down, put my feet yes. up a lot. Yes. I definitely wanted to do that. But I also, you know, Mike Mihalowitz was speaking as well at the conference and I met him before, but I really wanted to meet him again. And I was like, I'm going, I am going, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But, and, and I did. And the funny thing about that whole experience with him, it's, he still doesn't remember it to this day. I tease him about it, but he spilled his drink all over me right Aww. before his keynote. Yeah. So I was like covered. It looked like I had, my water had broken or oh. something, <laughs> but, but yeah, it was a good time. It was fun. <laughs> Yes, it was. So I think the reason that we are talking about this today is because right now at this point, about two and a half years after the start of the pandemic, you know, therapists are like tired. You know, mm -hmm. I'm hearing people saying, oh, yeah, I'm closing down my practice. I'm, I'm leaving the field. I'm going back to school to do something different. And I think there are a lot of therapists who don't realize that we can use the skills that we have as therapists in a lot of different ways. But, you know, the the weight of this work can really become heavy. And I think for a lot of people over the past couple of years, it really has. So I'd love if you could talk about what you've learned about that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen clients in several years, but I remember back to when I was seeing clients prior to owning a private practice. And I remember feeling that exact same way. And I, I, I thought, you know, I have got to get out of this. Like I was doing in-home therapy, driving a lot, traveling and working in some pretty scary situations sometimes. And I thought, you know, maybe if I can just get out of this and do a private practice, it'll be a lot easier and so that's what I did. And it was a lot easier in a lot of ways. You know, I wasn't driving around all day and I wasn't showing up and knocking on people's doors. But the the type of stress that I felt was different. Not only was I seeing clients, but I was also trying to run a business that I knew really no, I, I didn't know anything about. I was just figuring it out as I went. But there was a point where I stopped seeing clients. But during the time when I was, I would you know, I would get so tired just mentally and emotionally that when I came home, I didn't want to talk to anyone. Like I didn't, I didn't want to talk about my day. I didn't, I, I wanted to watch reality TV. I wanted to sit in my bed, I eat candy bars, drink Coke and, you know, just sit there and do nothing. And it was it kind of got a little scary, really, you know, it was just like, I, I can't, this is not sustainable for me. So I totally understand where therapists are coming from, 
feeling burnout and tapped out and just just tired. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about that, I can relate to it as well with the especially with that feeling of being really tired and emotionally drained. And oftentimes we think it means I need to get out of this job. You know, I need to leave this agency or this practice or this, you know, community organization. But, you know what they say, wherever you go, there you are. I think it's really more about what it's opening up for us than it is about what's happening around us. It's, it's, you know, an interplay between our, the environment we're in, but what it's doing inside of us. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there, of course, there are some situations where we feel I've got to get out of this job and, and you're probably right. Like you, you right. may need to get out of that job, but what you just described is exactly why I started writing the book that I'm writing now, which is one that I never in a million years thought I would write. I, I thought that I would always write business books and I fully intended on writing a business book for the second go around. But when I sat down in front of my computer and just started writing what was like on my heart to write, what was coming on the page was not a business book. It was it was a lot of realizations about myself and one of those being what you just said, over the course of my entire life, especially in adulthood, I would find myself in a situation that I thought was exhausting mentally, physically, or hard, or, you know, whatever it, it may have been. And I thought, I've got to get out of this job. I've got to get out of this relationship. I've got to, I, I'm, I've got to go find something that's going to make me feel better. Like I make me feel less stressed or make me feel less of, of whatever it is. And, and so I spent my pretty much all, all my adult life searching for something. Like, am I going to finally feel that peace and that fulfillment when I have a group practice? Am I going to finally feel that when I have 50 employees? Am I going to finally feel that joy and that fulfillment when I have multiple businesses or when I have my dream house or when I have the kids and the dog and, you know, all those things. And so I spent like all of that energy focusing on how am I going to get something that's going to make me feel something. But I realized as I was writing this book, which was supposed to be about business systems, and it turned into a completely different creative nonfiction. What I realized is that I wasn't necessarily searching for anything at all. I was more running. Like I was running from the stuff that I needed to uncover, <laughs> mm -hmm. like the stuff that I needed to fix and figure out. And until fix I... Fix this next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fix this. Yeah. Not, not that, this. Yeah. So it was just kind of interesting how all of that came about. And as I started talking to more and more people, I found that, especially in therapists, the more successful they become in their career the the less joy and the less fulfilled they were. Mm. And so it just really set a light on a lot of things that, you know, going out here and doing more and searching for more or, you know, anything related to more is not really what we need. We don't always need to leave the field. Sometimes we just need to do more of the work inside of ourselves, which 
most people don't want to do. <laughs> it's, it's not pretty. Well, especially if you're trying to run away from it. And, you know, that's exactly. just a trauma reaction, right? That's flight. Exactly. You're just trying to avoid feeling that pain or discomfort. That's too uh-huh. much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, a good friend of mine and I write about our conversations in the book. Her, her name's Tara Lawson Kemper, but I was talking to her about this and she she said, Casey, that's so ironic that you were running from your fear. And and I was like, well, tell me, tell me why. And she said, well, the thing about fear, anything that you're fearing, you have to keep it close because if you don't know where it is, how can you avoid it? And so we think we're running away from what we're afraid of, but we're not. We're constantly just running into it because it's so close to us. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, that is mm-hmm. so true, because how can I avoid something if I don't know where it is? And so I didn't. It wasn't like a thought that was up here. It was a thought that was way back here. And it, it just didn't register for me for so long. And now, now that I've spent the last year, like really digging into a lot of these things, it's so obvious. And and I think that therapists, we are doing the same thing as our clients do. You know, we're, we're thinking that changing our career or changing our life or changing this or changing that is going to fix it, but it's probably not. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so resonating with what you're saying, especially about, the, I'm just really struck lately about how therapists, obviously, we're not just born being empathic and knowing how to, you know, tune into other people's needs and put them first to put ourselves last. I think we really kind of typically develop that at some point early in childhood when our needs are not being met and we (laughs) try to get them met by doing that. And then one day we have this amazing revelation. I know what I want to do for my career. Yeah, I remember in grad school, whenever it was like the first class or something in the master's program that I went to, and the professor stands up there and he says, you know, most of the people or almost all of the people that want to become therapists are because it's it's because that they have trauma or they have something in their past that's led them to this. And I was thinking, no, I don't. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't have any of that. I don't know. Like, I'm good. I don't, there's nothing. Not me. No. And I really, really, really believed that. I really believed that. And so last year when it, or in 2019, when, or no, it was 2020, 2019 is when I started. 2020 is when I launched my first book. The day of my launch party I filed for divorce and nobody knew it. And so like I'm sitting there in this moment that's supposed to be super happy and joyful, but I feel like crap, you know, and there's just all of these things surrounding it. And as a result of that, you know, fast forward, that was a year and a half ago, I really committed myself to doing my own work, which I'd never done before. I'd never gone to therapy before. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I had it. And so I, I saw a therapist once a week for a year and a half, sometimes twice a week. And she, it was just like one of these things where my mind was just blown. I was thinking I was the kid that was so, I don't know, like 
I noticed everything that was going on around me. Like I could tell if my grandma was upset when I walked in her house by the way she was standing. I could tell by the way my mom would shut the door when we got to our apartment if she was mad. Like I felt I read everyone all the time to know my place. Do I go to my room? Do I like what do I do? And and I think it was a safety thing. It was like, yeah. how do I how do I read the situation to make sure that I'm here if I need to be not? And so like I was so wired and just hyper focused on everything around me all the time. And in a lot of ways, that made me really good at my job, you know, as a therapist and then as a business owner, I, I can read people. I know if someone's upset, you know, all of that. But I think that I'd spent so much time looking outward that I just never noticed the things in myself. And I was talking to my therapist and she was asking me, you know, well, how did you feel about this or about that? And I remember telling her, I don't know. I don't, you know, talking about my parents, I don't, I don't remember like actually feeling anything. And she kind of like did this big sigh of breathing and she smiled and she said, well, when you're raised in a way that when you're raised to believe your feelings don't matter, you learn not to have them. So when your needs are not being met, you learn not to express them. And, and you know, there's that was just like one little thing that happened in the last year and a half. But I just thought, oh, my gosh, that is crazy. That is why I'm a therapist, because yeah. that is why it wasn't necessarily like one big trauma that happened. It was all the little ones, all the little things that happened that caused me to be so hypervigilant and independent and all of those other things. But it's yeah, I just think it's so interesting. I can relate to everything, everything you said, every single word, <laughs> except for the part about starting therapy a year and a half ago, because I started about 20 years ago. But when I went into therapy to figure myself out, I had I had no idea what there was to figure out. And I thought, wow, you know, I'm glad I'm not like all these people who are all <laughs> messed up, you know, meaning the other people who were in school with me you know, like, wow, they really haven't done their work. You know, I thought I was like, <laughs> so had it together. And it, of course, yeah. that's, I wouldn't even be thinking that if I really had it so much together, because I would be like, oh, we're all right. wounded healers and that's okay. Yep. But you know, yep. that judgment that I was giving them was really for the parts of myself that I wasn't accepting. Exactly. You know? Yep, exactly. I was working on a story in the book right before I came up here to meet with you. And it's a section called The Little Things. And it's just how there's so many little things that happen in our lives that have meaning that you could connect back to you know, some event or something, often we just dismiss them as, as nothing. But there's just so much to be said about even, you know, as therapists, like what we're resisting and what we're avoiding with our own clients, we, we really need to be recognizing in ourselves. And I noticed little things like I just didn't have any tolerance for emotions, it, you know, and this is awful. And I mean, it's, and I know this is a live podcast in it, but it's the truth. You know, when my kids were babies and they would cry that's fine you know they're babies but when they're older like if my 12 year old was crying like I felt in my body I would get frustrated like yeah. why are you crying right now like this is good you know I wouldn't say that but like why are you crying this is dumb right and there's nothing when, to cry about right yeah yeah 
And, and, and so it wasn't until, you know, decided that I had to do some work on for myself and on myself that I realized that that was something that I had no tolerance. I didn't have a tolerance window for, and I had to figure out why. And so for me, anything that was frustrating, the way I avoided it was through, it, I would get angry. It made me uncomfortable. It would, I could get angry and, and not like violent angry, but just like irritated angry. And so it, it made a lot of sense as to why I started getting burnt out doing therapy because you know, dealing with and handling people's emotions all day long, if you can't handle that yourself and you don't have the tolerance, then how, of course, you're going to get burnt out because you're not even handling it on, on your own. Running a group private practice has been a challenging and rewarding experience. And one thing that has made it so much easier is Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. If you're coming from another EHR, like I did, Therapy Notes makes the transition incredibly easy, importing your demographic data free of charge so you can get going right away. My team has found Therapy Notes very easy to learn. It's intuitive. The customer support is second to none. And that's one of the things that has kept me a Therapy Notes customer for several years now. Anytime I've needed to contact Therapy Notes for help with an issue I couldn't figure out on my own, I've been able to get through to someone and resolve the issue within 15 minutes, 99% of the time. Find out what more than 100,000 mental health professionals already know. Try Therapy Notes for two months absolutely free. Just click on the link in the show notes or enter the promo code chat at therapynotes.com. If you've ever looked for a trauma therapist online, you know it can be really confusing and overwhelming to try to figure out if the person has the right combination of training and experience and specialization for you. That's why I created Trauma Therapist Network. Trauma Therapist Network is a website where you can search for trauma therapists, learn about trauma through reading articles and listening to podcast episodes, including this podcast and my other podcast, Trauma Chat. And it's also a supportive community for therapists. So Trauma Therapist Network has something for you, whether you are a person who is searching for a therapist or if you are a therapist, you will find support and help at Trauma Therapist Network. To learn more, go to traumatherapistnetwork.com. Yeah. And what happens when we're sitting, you know, our child is crying and we are irritated and like, why are they crying? They shouldn't be crying right now. This needs to stop. And I don't want to hear this. You know, those are the kinds of thoughts we're having, but it's, it's like inside what's happening is the part of you that wasn't heard, you know, is saying it's useless to cry. The one's coming or something like that. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, get over it. You just have to, you just have to get over it. And I think, you know, beyond therapists, it's like the way things are in our culture right now, how there's so much violence and anger and, and people are saying, I feel this way about this. And I feel that. And other people are saying, stop being so weak and stop being so, you know, such a whiny crybaby type thing. And, you know, I, I think that that's a major struggle in our culture all the time that we have this like mentality, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can do it, you know, and, and you're from Kentucky, you know, it's like, like, you know, rural and a lot of places and mining. And there's a lot of like ruggedness to 
the mentality, I assume. And oh, yeah. 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 So you, like, you have to be a workhorse. You know, you have to show up as a workhorse. Yeah. And so you're reinforced for working hard and pushing through and you're discouraged from expressing anything other than a can do type attitude. But right. yeah. once you have well, kids, you see how much they feel all the time. You can see them. They're just like walking around vibrating with all their feelings. Yeah. yeah. I, well, that's that's what I was going to say is it just, man, like it is just it's crazy what what you will begin to notice when you give yourself the space and so for me, that space, I had to clear some stuff out of my life that didn't belong there. And it was taking up space that I needed to be using for myself and emotional awareness and, and all of those things. But when I was able to clear out those things and really focus, I, what I noticed was like my inner child was just showing up all day long. I mean, I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's the inner child in me talking right now, you know, telling my daughter, well, go cry in your room. Like That is ridiculous. <laughs> you know? And I like when I said it out loud, I thought, oh, no, how many times have I heard that? How many times did I hear that growing up? Like it just came out of my mouth. And so, you know, like then just reprogramming myself to it's okay to be, it's okay to be sad. Like, just let, it's okay. Just cry. If you need to cry, it's okay to cry. Nobody ever told me that it was okay to cry. And so like, you know, there's just a lot of things that I'm reparenting myself and that, that has affected me professionally in a lot of ways. Like the, the mentality that I used to have about being an entrepreneur and, you know, like working hard and doing more and doing whatever it takes. I don't necessarily subscribe to that anymore. And I'm way less productive than I've ever been. But what's funny is like I'm happier and I'm more balanced and people can see it and I can see it. I can feel it. I can actually and, feel a difference in you, actually, even though we only met one time. I can. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was just weird. Like it was weird. I, it was just these blinders get put on and you don't want to look at anything else or see anything or feel anything because you've got something that you got to do. Like you got to you got to get that practice running. You got to get that business going. And you, we're just really doing a disservice to ourselves. And I think just as human beings, as a as a whole, as women, we can pull through whatever is stressful, even if it's in our career or not, but we have to have support. And that was always the thing that I was lacking. And once I found my community of people, everything changed for me. And I think that a lot of us are just nervous about reaching out and asking for help or, you know, just getting a few people together once a month, even virtually to have coffee or glass of champagne or whatever just knowing that there are other people out there going through the same thing it just it does something to you it really does I feel like it gives you permission to just be a human and not have to pretend to be some kind of robot I don't know where the robot thing became so pervasive but you know there's this like entrepreneurs never stop you know yeah and I think that the entrepreneurship journey itself is very stressful so it's natural that it brings up all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, and I also think that people that are are driven toward entrepreneurship are the very people that have the 
things in the childhood that have propelled them in that direction. Ooh. <laughs> I really do. And I and I think that they're, you know, we you don't like authority. Uh, we don't want anybody uh, no. to tell us what to do. We like to be in control, self-reliant. Independent. Yep. Yeah. A lot of ADHD here. A lot of these things that and very, you know, very intelligent and I can see it in my kids, like my my little daughter, Lennon. Oh my gosh, the world just better be ready for her. She is like on another level, smartest kid I've ever seen in my entire life. But man, she's something. And so like watching her grow and learn and like how she, her brain processes things, it, it's just, it's amazing really to watch. And so, yeah, she'll definitely, she'll be a millionaire, multi probably. I mean, she's just so freaking smart. But yeah, I think there's definitely a connection there between entrepreneurs and our backgrounds and what what gave us the drive to go in that direction to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Because that ambition, like unstoppable ambition is something, something's kind of out of whack with that, right? Because it's like, it's too one-sided. It doesn't it just doesn't feel like a balanced, mm-hmm. you know, it's, perspective. Yeah, it's not. It's not balanced. And most of us, myself included, feel like we have something to prove. And it, it's, you know, I've got to redeem my failures or avenge my past failures or my mistakes. And I want I want to know I can do it or I want to prove them wrong or the people that said I couldn't. Or sometimes it's just about you know, children who have grown up to become adults that want still are like vying for their parents' attention and acceptance and approval. It's like, hey, if I if I start a business, will you notice me? Hey, mm-hmm. if I, oh, you know, yes. like if I do these things, like, hello, <laughs> does this mean you call me and wish me happy birthday if I do this? Oh. Like, there's just oh. like all these things, and it's 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 rough yeah you're talking about like wanting parents approval it's just it's the one little thing just their approval okay and you could say never having your parents approval you could call that like a little t but what does that mean to the person their whole life i wasn't good enough i wasn't good enough you know yeah Yeah. oh that's not a little anything that's big i know yeah there's (laughs) you see i mean you know like thinking I'm I'm going to write a business book and then it turns into all this it's been a long year and a half it's it's been a long year and a half and there's just I don't know I think I love therapy and I love business and I love everything around it but at the very end of the day if if we are not whole and we do not love ourselves then one why are we doing any of the things we're never going to feel joy we're never going to be fulfilled and two, it's not sustainable. And so I think when, when I know, at least for me, when I'm talking about running a practice or a business, I always want to make sure that from this point forward that I'm focusing in on that human element of it, too, because we we need to be OK in order for the business to be OK. The business is just an offspring of us. It's not who we are. It's what we do. And sometimes I think we confuse the two. Yes, there can be so much of an identity, especially I think, I'm sure it's this way for some other professions, but in the helping professions, it's like, I am a therapist. 
it's who I am. It's what I do. You know, I, I sit with people and I listen to their stories and I, their stories are in my head. And I think about my story and their story and my mom's story and my sister's story, you know, the people on reality TV stories. It's like, hmm. but it's interesting, like, you know, going back to that image of you in bed with the Coke and the candy bars. And, you know, you mentioned your inner child. But when you said that, I thought it's like a 15 year old coming home from school. What they want to do is watch something really dramatic and eat candy and sugar and caffeine. Right. And, but that's, if that's, what's feeding you, you know, like when you think about it, that's not healthy. If that's what you're taking in, it's doing something, but it's, I guess just toxic is the word that comes to mind. It just feels toxic to be taking in all of that intense, like conflict and sugar and caffeine all together. It's just like, Ooh, yeah. And no there man. was an, it, it was, it was very, and th- there was that for a long time, I think I was burnt out, but just wouldn't admit it, you know, just telling myself, oh, it's fine. I just need to go on vacation and I'll be fine. And in vacations never helped. Like it never, I never came back home feeling refreshed or actually I would come back home feeling worse, more, you know, tired. But yeah, it was, it was very unhealthy. And then just walking into my home and it was, it was just not good. Like it did not feel good. It did not. And I think, you know, now looking back that that's been a year and a half or so ago. And partly, you know, that was my fault because I didn't, I hadn't given myself the space to do the work and to really think about like, why is this affecting me this way? And why do I feel the need to escape? And you know, all that, but I definitely see a difference now. I had to, like I told you, I ended up going through a divorce. I, I was forced to sell my house and that was fine. I didn't want to, but I did it. And it was probably one of the best things in, you know, walking into my home now with just a different mentality of my own. It feels good. Like it feels like home. And I noticed that change in my kids and they are just at peace when they're there and they feel safe and comfortable and just the everything feels more balanced. And I can't even tell you how at least once a week, somebody messages me on social media privately and says, I just wanted to say I saw you or I've been paying attention and everything just feels much more light. That's that's probably the word that I get the most that described just light, lighter. And I think that if I wouldn't have taken the time and and cleared out the space to do some of that work on myself and for myself that would never that would have never happened so there's so much value and just being more aware of ourselves and what we have what we're bringing to the table and what we're carrying around with us that we're pretending that we're not (laughs) but we really are right and I just want to say too with compassion about that that you know and you said like it was kind of your fault that you didn't take time to look at it sooner. But I would say that when we are running from ourselves, we're avoiding facing something. It's not, it's not, it's actually it takes an incredible amount of strength to keep avoiding something, you know, when it's trying to hit you over the head and you're like, I don't, <laughs> you know, and it's so protective. It's like, until you're ready you just can't see. And then you do. And that's, you know, that's like that broken open idea. You know, it's like, it doesn't feel good at all. But what comes from it is so transformative that you can't possibly 
regret having gone through that experience because it's you like grow and blossom into some a different form of you that's more complete more you know open and then you can have those kinds of relationships that you wanted all along until you know it was interrupted by something that you really never had any control over to begin with right yeah I love that I love that that makes a lot of sense I think so many people feel that way and you know going back to what you said in the very beginning about therapists or people leaving their careers or leaving the field one of the things like I think sometimes we feel trapped, you know, well, what am I going to do instead and how can I afford this and whatever. I've learned that maybe for myself or for myself, but maybe for others, too, that even sometimes when I feel trapped, it's really that's really not what it is. It's not it's not feeling trapped. That's just my little kid, like lack of words in there. Yeah. Um, saying you're trapped. And of course, what happens when we feel trapped, we, we try to we try to run. And so I think recognizing those feelings of feeling trapped or confined and maybe just challenging yourself is, is that really what it is? Or is it that I just need to create more space in myself? And I know, you know, people that are going through a lot of personal issues, it's so hard to sit with clients. Like it's so hard and not do them a disservice and find yourself trailing off thinking about your own situation. And I just, I give so much credit to therapists who are out there doing that because I can't even imagine how much strength that takes. Yeah, I will say that I also stopped seeing clients, but I just stopped July 1st and of this year. So for me, it's still very new. And, you know, I, for one, I wanted everybody to know it's not, I'm okay. You know, nothing wrong. I'm still good. Like, (laughs) don't worry about me. But, but really I made that decision because I was spreading myself way too thin and feeling a lot of shame about spreading, blaming myself for spreading myself too thin and feeling so much shame about that, but also feeling like I had no choice and something to prove. I don't know who I'm trying to prove it to. Yeah. Because my family's proud of me. They're they're not like, no, oh, you can't do it. And they never even said that. I think that was mm-hmm. inside me. Yeah. But it's like my parents are both elderly and they're in poor health. And it was not fair to myself because what I would do is still be there with clients and just abandoning myself. So I had no space for me to feel just like you were saying. I'm sure there were ways that I wasn't showing up the same with clients, but the biggest effect was on me, you know, that I I was like, oh, I'll still give them 110 percent. I just won't give myself anything. And that's not sustainable, obviously. And then the first crisis that comes up, you know, when people are in poor health, there's always crises that arise. It's not usually just like a get sick, pass away. It's like a long process. And I realized, though, that it's a gift to have this time where I can be more present to what's going on in these last days, weeks, months or years of my parents' lives that I can connect with them. It was not an easy decision for me to make. And it it took a long time. I probably should have done it maybe six months earlier than I did. And, you know, that's the avoidance. Yeah. Like, I'll do that when, just like you were saying, like, I'll be happy when I'll feel joy when it's like, there's no when it's now's the time. This is what you have is now. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if people just carry that same thought process forward, 
in their own lives and remember that that might influence some of their decisions. Yeah. Well, I am really, really grateful for what you shared. And it's not what I expected because you are different since I met you before. And I really, I really value what you're sharing because honestly, business books are a dime a dozen. I mean, they're great, but this type of deeper work is what I think is missing in the world of entrepreneurship and is what's what people really are looking for when they buy these books. I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. So Casey, where can people keep up with everything you're doing? Yeah, the best way is just following us on social media, Instagram or Facebook. We post every day. We tell everybody what's coming up, all the new things happening. It's all right there. All right. And what's your Instagram? It's hi Casey Compton. All right. I will link to that in the show notes for Instagram and Facebook so people can follow you. And I am just really happy for you with this beautiful work that you're doing and the way that you are now being called to share it with a wider audience is I'm excited to see what's going to happen with this. I bet it's going to be a beautiful new evolution for you. Thank you. It's I hope so. It's definitely been a labor of love for sure, but <laughs> I think it will definitely help people. Yeah. Real quick, when's the book coming out roughly? It's actually not set to come out officially until January of 2024. Okay. So yeah, there'll be a long runway, a launch. So you'll hear lots of lots of things about it before it ever hits people's Good. hands. Yeah. Great. That's perfect. And I know that a lot is going to continue to develop over that time. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. I can't wait to share it with people too. Me too. Thank you so much. Thank you to traumatherapistnetwork.com for sponsoring this week's episode. Therapists, Trauma Therapist Network membership is reopening March 6th and the waiting list gets early access and discounted pricing. So join the waiting list now by going to go.traumatherapistnetwork.com slash join. There's a link in the show notes. Can't wait to see you in the membership. There's new membership levels. We have options for group practice owners and Canadian therapists to join as well. So if you've been wanting to become a member of Trauma Therapist Network, this is the time. Go join the waiting list now and we'll see you when membership opens March 6th. Thank you to Therapy Notes for sponsoring this week's episode. I do love Therapy Notes. It's such an asset to my business and makes my job as a practice owner and a therapist much easier. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information please visit therapychatpodcast.com. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com.
Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. 